Shall we just pray? Father, we're so thankful that we're not home yet, but we're on our way. And we're going to be with you forever. And until then, Lord, help us to serve you with all our hearts. As the hymn writer said, we give you our lips. We give you our hands. We give you our feet. We give you our silver and our gold. We give you our voices. We give you ourselves. And we pray that you will take our lives and let them be consecrated, Lord, for thee. And we pray now that you'll direct us by the Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts as only you can do. And hide me behind the cross, Lord. We just pray and thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I found a poem that will make you laugh and it will also make you cry. All at once. And the poem goes like this. The vessel God uses. The master was searching for a vessel to use. On the shelf there were many. Which one would he choose? Take me, cried the gold one. I'm shiny and bright. I'm of great value and I do things just right. My beauty and luster will outshine the rest. And for someone like you, master, gold would be best. The master passed on with no word at all. He looked at the silver urn, narrow and tall. I'll serve you, dear master. I'll pour out your wine. And I'll be at your table wherever you dine. My lines are so graceful, my carving so true, and my silver will always compliment you. Unheeding, the master passed on to the brass. It was wide-mouthed and shallow and polished like glass. Here, here, cried the vessel. I know I will do. Place me on your table for all men to view. Look at me, cried the goblet of crystal so clear. My transparency shows my contents so dear. Though fragile am I, I will serve you with pride. And I'm sure I'll be happy in your house to abide. The master came next to the vessel of wood. Polished and carved, it solidly stood. You may use me, dear master, the wooden bowl said, but I'd rather be used for fruit, not for bread. Then the master looked down and saw a vessel of clay. Empty and broken, helplessly it lay. No hope had that vessel that the master might choose to cleanse and to make whole, to fill and to use. Ah, this is the vessel I was hoping to find. I will mend it and use it and make it all mine. I need not the vessel with pride in itself, nor the one who is narrow to sit on the shelf, nor the one who is big-mouthed and shallow and loud, nor the one who displays his contents so proud. Not the one who thinks he can do things just right, but this plain earthly vessel filled with my power and might. Then gently he lifted the vessel of clay, mended and cleansed it and filled it that day, spoke to it kindly, there's work you must do, just pour out to others as I pour into you. Wow, what a poem. You know, before we're saved, the Bible speaks in Romans chapter 9 that we are vessels of wrath. God's wrath is against sin. 
And we were sinners. And we were vessels of sin. Vessels of wrath. But God turned it around and made us vessels of mercy. We didn't deserve it. We don't deserve God's mercy and His grace. We don't deserve to be a vessel to be used of the King of kings and Lord of lords. It says in Romans 9.22-24, What if God, wanting to show His wrath and to make His power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? That was me. That was you. And that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy, which He prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom He called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. The title of our message today is Being Vessels for Honor. Vessels that can be used of the Lord. He has to empty us of ourselves, of our pride, of our self-will, of our ways, and He has to fill us with Himself. We're just ordinary, common vessels of clay. But when God takes hold of you, and He takes hold of me, He can turn us into vessels for honor that are fit for the Master's use. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verses 20 and 21, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. You say today, I want to be a vessel for honor. I want to be used of Jesus. I want Him to use me to touch lives. Well, if you want to do that, there's three things that you have to do to be. Number one, you have to be pure. Number two, you have to be profitable. And number three, you have to be prepared. Pure, profitable, and prepared. From the moment Paul got saved, he was a vessel for honor all the way through to the end of his life. And it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, But the Lord said to him, and he was saying that to Ananias, who was with Paul, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. Yes, God can only use pure vessels clean vessels, those that have been sanctified and set apart for Him and for His service. One of my favorite subjects is the subject of personal holiness. You don't hear very many sermons about it today in many churches today. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16, But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy, in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. It's a very important subject. One of my favorite Bible commentators, H.A. Ironside, who wrote many years ago, said this, Every Christian should be a vessel for the display of God's glory in this scene. 
a vessel unto honor. But in order that that might be, we need to be clean as to our associations. We are to purge ourselves by separating from evil associations and everything unholy in our lives. There's two aspects to it, like a two-sided coin. On one side, you have sanctification, to be set apart for the Lord. On the other side, you have to be separated from the world. So we have to be separated from the world in order to be set apart for the Lord. And being separated from the world is so very, very important. In Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 11, it says, Depart, depart, go out from here. Touch no unclean thing. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. In the Old Testament, the Levites used to be the ones that carried the holy vessels of the Lord in the days of the tabernacle, especially. And they also handled that business in the days of the temple. And so it was very important for them to be holy because they were going to be touching the holy things of God. And when we touch the holy things of God, we have to be holy. We have to be clean vessels. The Lord cannot use anyone who is not a clean vessel for His glory. The question is for us, am I a clean vessel? Are you a clean vessel? God wants to use us just like that vessel of clay that He can fill and use in His service. The hymn writer wrote these beautiful words, Emptied that thou shouldest fill me, a clean vessel in thy hand, with no power but as thou givest, graciously at thy command. Yes, we have to be pure. You know, this world, you don't find many pure things anymore. Our food is not pure. Our water is not pure. Very few things in life are totally 100% pure. But we thank God when He saves us. He makes us holy. And He wants us to live holy lives and to be pure, to be sanctified so that He can use us. Secondly, Not only do we have to be pure, but we have to be profitable or useful for the Master. It's not good enough to be just a bright or shiny vessel like we read in that poem. But He wants us to be usable. He wants us to be serviceable. He doesn't want to say, Rick, you're a beautiful vessel. I'm going to set you here on the shelf. No. He takes His vessels, fills His vessels, and uses His vessels. And He wants us to be usable for Him. You know, if you are play an instrument, like a lot of our kids are learning the piano and they're learning the violin like Sydney and other, one, other instruments, guitar. And one day we're going to have this whole stage filled. They'll be filled with all these young people, right? They're going to be in the worship team and they're going to be here and you're going to be thanking God with them and we're going to be singing with them and praising God because God has given them the skills and the talents to, to sing and to play their instruments. And it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a great thing that we have the young ones, isn't it? Like Jordy and now we got Haley and different ones in our worship team. It's thrilling to have the new blood, to have the new ones, vessels to be used of the Lord. And they can be used all the rest of their lives 
when they give their lives to Jesus. You know, instruments, though, when they're out of tune, can't be used in the symphony. Soldiers who are out of uniform can't be used in the battle. And athletes without the skills are absolutely useless. But when we have those things, we can be useful. And God wants us to be useful to the Master. In 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul wrote to Timothy, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for the ministry. Once, Mark left Paul and Barnabas when they were serving and went back. We went back home. I don't know if he was homesick or what, but he left the ministry and, and went back. But the story didn't end there. Mark made a comeback. God gave him a second chance. He was a vessel. And God turned him into a vessel for honor and used Mark. And so he says, bring Mark with you, for he is useful to me. He made a great comeback. God wants to use us, but we have to be usable. He wants us to serve him. Such was the case with Onesimus, who is the runaway slave of Philemon. He had stolen from his master. He didn't appreciate his master Philemon. He left and ran away to Rome thinking he was going to see all the town. Just like the prodigal son, he was going to go off to a far country and, and, and enjoy himself in this world. And he's going to cast off the shackles of the life that Philemon lived. He probably thought, oh, Philemon lived such a boring life and all they do is go to church and sing and, and serve Jesus. I don't want that life. I want the exciting life of Rome. I want to see the bright lights and all the things around in this world. I want to try it out for myself. But in the end, what happened to Onesimus? He got thrown into jail. And he was in the same jail, the same prison that Paul was in. And Paul spoke to him the message of the Gospel. And as never before, the Lord got through by the Holy Spirit to his heart and changed his life. And now he was no longer useless, but useful for the Lord and for Philemon. And Paul sent a letter back to Philemon. And he sent Onesimus back to Philemon. And he tells him, I'm sending him back to you, not as a servant, but as a brother, a dear brother in the Lord. And he went from being useless or unprofitable to being useful or profitable for the Lord. It says in Philemon 1, 10 and 11, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my chains, who was unprofitable to you, but is now profitable to you and to me. How profitable, how useful have you been for the Lord? The good thing is, if you haven't been, you can start today. You can ask the Lord to forgive you. You can ask the Lord to forgive you for the wasted years and the wasted time. And He will use you in such a wonderful way and you can have a second chance or a third chance, whatever the case might be. I wrote an amazing story of King George V who was opening the conference of disarmament and he was in a special room in New York so that the king's message might be relayed throughout the entire United States. Just at the critical moment, 
a man tripped over the cable and broke it. And it was going to take 20 minutes to fix it. They were in a dilemma. They didn't know what to do. Something had to be done. Mr. Vivian, who was in charge, threw himself into the breach. He seized one end of the cable in one hand and the other in the other hand and stood there as the king passed the message through his body. How amazing is that? He then fell down and was taken to the hospital. His body was the vessel used to convey uninterrupted the king's message. The Lord Jesus is the king. He has a message to get out. Will 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 we be the ones that will make sure that that message goes out uninterrupted to the world today that needs to hear it? Oh, that the Lord would use us as vessels for honor. Oh, that the Lord would help us to be so dedicated to Him that we will let nothing stop us from serving our Master and being the vessels He wants us to be. Yes, every morning we get up in the morning, we should say, Lord, use me today. Use me today with someone. Whether it's a saved person or an unsaved person, help me to be a blessing today, Lord. It's a prayer that God delights to answer and will answer. He, he wants to use us. So God wants us to be pure vessels. God wants us to be profitable vessels. And He also wants us to be prepared vessels. Paul tells Timothy, prepared for every good work. You know, to be a vessel for honor and be prepared, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready because you may not always have time to prepare at the moment. You need to be prepared ahead of time. Prepared in the Word of God. Prepared in prayer. Prepared in all the ways of the Lord. It's so important. If we don't prepare, we can't be a blessing to others. We need to prepare. And that's why we should be able to share the message of salvation. We should be able to give our personal testimony. We should be prepared. So that when the opportunity arises, we're ready. We're ready to give out the truth. Our eyes and our hearts need to be ready to speak for the Lord at any time. In Titus, Paul spoke of good works. And that's what he says, prepared for every good work. And when he was writing to the to the Cretans through Titus, the Cretans were known for one thing. Who... Who knows what the Cretans were known for? Maybe one of our Bible scholars might know or one of the kids. Do you know what the Cretans were known for? It wasn't pleasant. They were known because they were lazy. They were lazy people in Crete. And it was an island. And that's where Paul sent Titus to go to. Titus, you're going to have to go there and wake these people up. They're lazy people by nature. You've got to get them going for the Lord. They're lazy. And he even mentions that they acknowledged that about themselves. They knew that was their reputation. But God is saying as Christians there in Crete, Titus, you better regard them that way and you better encourage them to be ready. Paul wrote to Titus in Titus 3.14, And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. The legend had it that all the elements 
of possibility are with us when we go out to, to serve the Lord. If we serve Him unselfishly and give to others and help others, we will be a blessing. I don't know where this expression came from. I looked it up online and they didn't really have a specific thing, although they say it must be related to the military in some ways. And we've all heard this expression and it's really true. To be ready, to be willing, and to be able. And every Christian who is a vessel for honor should always be ready, willing, and able. And when God sees a vessel who is in that condition, ready, willing, and able, He will take us up and He will use us in His service. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let's remember today the challenges for all of us, for the children, for the teenagers, for the young people, for the not-so-young people, for all of us to be vessels for honor wherever He takes us, whether it's at a school or at work or in a neighborhood, wherever we are, to be vessels for honor, not to be on the shelf, but to be useful to Him that He can take up. But we must be pure. We must be profitable. And we must be prepared. It's up to us to do that. And God will use us. But we have to be humble. We have to be humble like that vessel that we read about today who was just an ordinary vessel of clay, but God mended it. God filled it. God spoke kindly to it and says, just pour out to others as I have poured out to you. And how has He poured out to us? In such generosity in such grace, and such mercy. He has loved us and saved us and He's poured into us and now we can pour into others. We can be vessels for honor. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for the challenge today to be vessels for honor, pure, profitable, and prepared. Lord, every day we want to get up in the morning and thank You for a new day and pray that You will make us useful that day. It may be doing a small favor for somebody or an errand or calling somebody on the phone or sending an email or a text. or It could be anything, Lord, small or big. And we just pray that we will be available because we know that the best ability is availability, Lord. And we just pray that You will make us holy vessels for Your kingdom and for Your glory. We just ask this and thank You today. In Jesus' precious name, amen.